Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week we try to bring you some insight on all various aspects of the Disney empire. This week, we're down a couple members due to technical difficulties and visiting mothers. <laughs> so we have, we have Crystal with us this week. Hey, you all. And over on the West Coast, Miss Jessica. Hello, hello. And over in the Midwest is Milford. Hello, everybody. And up in the Northeast, it's me, RJ. So this week, we've got a couple things we're going to touch on. Main topic we're going to talk about is Disney decor in your house and Disney collections, whether it be pins, finalmations, notepads, pens, pencils, whatever it is, we're going to go around and everybody talk about some things that they collect or do not collect because it's not I know everybody doesn't enjoy collecting things and having extra stuff to dust all over their house. <laughs> so we'll open up the conversation tonight with Milford. So back in 98 we started going to Disney World at uh, the urging of my wife at the time. She uh convinced us to take a trip to Disney World with the two kids and uh I kind of got hung up on the whole pin trading thing. Uh, looking around my room here, I think I can count about eight different pin bags with that are just full of pins. Um, I've probably spent in a neighborhood of, I don't even want to venture to guess, probably close to, <laughs> probably in uh, uh, at least thousands of dollars. Wow. wow. Um, lately, I've kind of, curtailed that a bit i only go after limited edition pins i was collecting a lot of rack pins that i liked but i've gotten away from that and just do limited edition and now mostly <clears throat> limited edition pins uh around the haunted mansion limited edition pins for like the annual pass holders and dvc things of that nature and then I'll always buy the cruise pin when we go on the Disney cruise because they always have a pin for each cruise. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is I have this obsession with hats. Um, I have at least probably five or six different Mickey ears laying around this room. Uh, and then my wife got into the uh, the whole collection series of the figurines. Uh, it was called... I can't, the name of it escapes me at the moment, but it was all the classic figures, and if you were in it for five years, you got Steamboat Mickey, and it's, uh, it was China, basically, it was glass. They discontinued it the year after she got her Steamboat Willie, she was really looking forward to getting to that 10th year, but they discontinued that whole program. Oh. Uh, and then, in various places in the house, you know, we've got Disney stuff all over, stuffed animals, uh... Pal Mickey's, um, the suitcases that they give us our gifts in on the DVC cruises that we took, the member-only cruises, because they were pretty cool. Um, and then we have a few of the Cirrusels, so it's basically a shot of a, a film strip. Um, these weren't really ones that were in a movie, but like we have the patriotic one with Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, carrying the American flag. Um, we've got another one with the uh, with Mickey shaking a hand with a fireman that came. That that picture came out shortly after nine eleven. Yeah. Um, and then you know my wife's collected other things outside of that collector series uh, stuff, but uh, we've got quite a houseful. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure I'll find something new to to uh, collect after you know I decide to not do pins anymore. So, <laughs> but right. I mean that pretty much covers what we have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. How about you, Jessica? Well, after Milford, I'm not sure it's fair for me to say I collect anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I have two um, small collections. One, I also collect pins, and I kind of try to just pick pins of characters or attractions that I really love. I just have one small lanyard that I've been wearing to the parks, but now I'm kind of worried about them falling off, so I'm thinking I'll, I might put them in a book or something. But the other thing that I've, I'm starting to collect are old-school movie posters. You can find a bunch. Of, they're not the actual posters, but they're prints of them. And you can find them on Amazon for pretty cheap. I've got a whole bunch of them on my wall, kind of as a little gallery of all of like the original Snow White poster, Sword in the Stone, Pinocchio, Cinderella, like all the really the older um, animated ones. And I think they look really cool. And if I were to start another collection, I think I might like to collect pictures of um, old school attraction posters because some of those are just beautiful and they look really cool. So. That's I, I'm very new to the collecting world because I guess it was a combo of me being kind of cheap and not sure what I would do with it. But now that I'm starting to collect <laughs> it, I'm kind of addicted. So <laughs> I'm sure that I'm going to have a ton of pins and posters very soon. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I've seen those movie posters. I've seen you post pictures of them, and I know I've asked you where you've gotten because those are pretty cool. I like those. Yeah, a lot. yeah, and they're each about you know ten, fifteen bucks, so it's not super expensive. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, I'm always worried about that with my pins, too. I've gotten those lock things that go on the back, but not the ones from Disney that they charge you, you know, whatever, $10 for five of them. I I found some on either eBay or uh, Amazon or something that that claim that they fit the Disney pins because they're deeper, and they actually do. And I'll, I've used those before, like on my hats and stuff, so <laughs> worried Ooh, that they're going to fall Send me off. a link to those. I will. I'll have to look it up because I bought, and it was ridiculous. It was like, you know, like a 50-pack for $3 or something insane like that. You know, awesome. they come they come with a little wrench that you can, you know, tighten the little uh, set screw with. So Yeah, see, my problem was I got to the point that my wife says, why do they call it pin training? You never put them on a lanyard, and you never take them to the park with you. <laughs> well, and I okay, don't trade mine. I just point, hoard them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, well, I've I've never traded any of them either. I've seen cool ones that I've wanted, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to give any of mine away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so how about you, Crystal? Okay, yeah, to kind of piggyback off of what Jessica was saying... So I have a bunch of the attraction posters. So as you enter uh, Magic Kingdom, how they have the attraction posters on either side through that tunnel, we purchased several of those a few years ago. So we have those upstairs in like our loft TV area at our house. So we have the Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Railroad, as well as uh, Walt Disney World Railroad, Pirates, and Jungle Cruise. So when people come over, they're like, y'all are really into it. And we're like, yeah, we're really into it. Um, so we have about six of those and we actually bought them when we lived in Michigan. So we've had them for a few years now. That's about two moves ago and we love them. I mean, we like have them around, like they're just normal pieces of art. And we used to have them above our mantle, um, at one of our homes too. So now they've officially moved into the TV room, but that was one of the big things that we initially started collecting before it got too insanely expensive. And then from there, uh, another little project that I've started is in our son's playroom, I saw this Pottery Barn image where they painted uh, a map with a bunch of cars and airplanes and stuff on it. So I'm actually painting the Magic Kingdom map on our wall. And then I have a few of the attraction posters that are the new, I can't think of what the name of the artist is, but it's in the co-op right now. And it's Small World, Jungle Cruise, uh, Space Mountain, and I think one other. And I bought those and I'm going to put them on the wall when I get done. So kind of continuing the theme of uh the attraction posters in our house but at least we have a kid now so we can kind of blame it on him that we have all this stuff um it's like yeah that's that's his space it's his toy room even though we had all of that stuff before so that's one of the bigger things that we collect um but also i have a total crazy thing about christmas so our son was born on christmas on on christmas day and i was obsessed with christmas before that so we have an entire disney parks christmas tree nice um all of the ornaments are from Disney Parks. It has a Mickey Santa hat on top. And every time we take a trip down, whether it's to... We do have a few cruise line things on there. So that's the only way that we like kind of go off the beaten path. Everything else is 
purchased through Disney parks. And then we try to have them write like the year and who was there with us um, and have them personalize it for us too. The problem is it's like packed to the brim at Christmas now. Like our tree (laughs) is so full and I sit back and I look at it and I'm like the money I've invested in this Christmas tree. Like if it were ever to fall (laughs) over um, Christmas vacation, like Griswold style, I wouldn't know what to do with all that money that just like shattered on the floor. Um, You need a second tree. We do. Yeah, I know. It, it, <laughs> you're, I'm, I'm going crazy here. I, we already have four Christmas trees. My husband's like, you oh, got wow. it. You got to tone it. <laughs> I really like Christmas. So really like Christmas and Disney. And I just like shoved both of them together with the Christmas Disney tree. And it has to have Mickey Mouse Christmas wrapping paper. All of the presents have to be wrapped with uh, Christmas paper. And then we have the train that goes around the bottom of the tree, the Walt Disney World train. Nice. So we recently purchased the monorail too. So we could add yeah. the monorail with uh, the contemporary. So nice. my husband had to step it up a notch and get the, t- the contemporary. So those are kind <laughs> of the two biggest things. But outside of that, I mean, my favorite thing is just to sprinkle in Disney magic throughout the day. So if that's like through a coffee mug or a pair of earrings or crazy jamberry like nails that have Mickey Mouse all over them, I love to show up to work and just be totally geeked out. So Everyone always makes fun of me when they come to visit me for work. And I have like the Disney cast, like Magic Kingdom castle earrings on and stuff. So those are kind of my big ones. The the attraction posters, Christmas, and then probably jewelry is the next thing. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> think about Christmas tree. We have a tree that's pretty much all Disney stuff. My daughter came over last year to help us decorate it. She's like, Dad, you're going to have to leave the non-Disney stuff off of it because you just don't have room. <laughs> Yeah, I knew yep. it was bad when we had the Walt Disney World Railroad, and then we bought the monorail with the contemporary, and then we went to Disneyland. My husband bought the trolley, and I was like, what? Why are we, <laughs> why are we collecting all of these things? How is this happening? And oh, my wait, husband's just blaming a, it on our son. They sell a trolley at Disneyland? Yeah, so the um, DCA at Disney California Adventure, they have a red trolley car that goes around <laughs> that you can ride on, and they also sell one that runs on a track. Like a, a really? little one. Oh, yes. that's cool. Wow. It, it does like ding ding and it uh, it talks and it's super cute. Our son loves it. Wow. And so does my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, something I'll have to look for when I'm there in March. Yeah, really. Cool. Well, I feel I feel much better about all my my stuff now. I I figured I was gonna be the uh, the lone crazy one that collects everything but i i I feel i'm among uh i'm among friends here so yeah the geek line has been crossed in our house for sure yeah pretty much well i've i'll start with the christmas stuff yeah christmas is uh christmas is big in my house too we only have one tree but we could easily have multiples like you crystal and it's yeah our ornaments are they're not all Disney Park, but they're pretty much all Disney. We have a we have a nice Tinkerbell we put on the top of our tree with a Santa hat on, and she got like snowflakes hanging over around her and stuff that we've had for quite a long time. And I don't have the train. I've it's been on my list. I've I have a monorail that I've had for quite a few years that I that we put under there that constantly runs out of battery because my four year old, well now four year old, would keep going and turning it on and just leaving it on all day or all night. So the thing would constantly be out of battery and talking, you know, it does it it does the little uh, you know, please stand clear of the doors and welcome aboard the Walt Disney World monorail system a uh, little speech. So that thing would be going constantly. For me, I started collecting things I think probably when I was young. The first time I was in the parks, I was 4. So I I know I wasn't collecting anything then, but it wasn't – I have park maps that I have from as far back as 1988 for all the parks. And then when MGM opened in 89, I have those. So I have park maps from every trip that I've ever gone on. Uh, And besides park maps, all the hotel – like the little welcome envelope that they give you with your map for your room and – Room keys I have from not every trip, but most of the trips when they used to give you the they used to give you little plastic cards with like holes punched in them and it had Mickey's finger on it and they were gray and you slid it into the door and that's how it read it. 
before that, they used to give you – it was an actual key. I remember staying at the Polynesian, and it was a big – it was a giant key, and they gave you two of them. It was a big round key with – you know the part, and then the part that you would stick in the door. So you had to carry around a key all day to get back into your room. Then they went to like those gray slide things, and then they went to the, the other credit card-looking ones that they used forever until they – came on with the uh, magic bands and the you know magic your way tickets and stuff so i have piles of those <laughs> park maps and you know special edition maps i have stuff from the christmas party the halloween party in the millennium celebration star wars weekends and things like that all and i have a giant ch- i'll put pictures of all this stuff they took pictures of everything because it's it's insane i belong to another like a face group uh Twitter group thing, Small World Club. Uh, Jessica's involved in it too, and I put a whole ton of pictures up one night because people were talking about collections, and I said, "Well, I have this, this, and this." Pins, I didn't get into that much. I have, I just kind of like have the ones I like, and I I don't even wear them to the parks anymore. I just it's just hanging on a. I don't even I don't even have a lanyard full, so I'm leaps and nowhere near what Milford has has amassed. That's for that's for sure. Uh, those, my kids really like doing the pressed penny things. They have a couple books worth of, of those things. My father always enjoys doing that with them. If he's with them, uh, he'll bring a roll of quarters and a roll of pennies down and, and, uh, fund that, that little thing for them. So they, they enjoy doing that. As I've gotten older, I started trying to get nicer things. And once I discovered, eBay, I would get myself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I started looking for park items that either were replications or that people had and were selling. And then looking for other websites that would sell stuff that was actually used in the park. So I, I have a couple of the replica like cast resin signs that they would put on the garbage cans in the various lands, I have a uh, – which ones do I have? I got them up here on my wall. I've got a World Showcase one. I've got a Liberty Square, and I have a Main Street USA uh, plaque. And then I've got a Polynesian one also that says uh, – it's like the push sign that they have on the doors to open and close the doors from the Great Ceremonial House and all the longhouses to go up and down the stairs and stuff like that. I've got those. I've got a couple of huge outdoor banners that they had in the parks. I have one is from Disneyland because I couldn't find a Disney World one that I was willing to pay for. But it's the ones that they used to put on the street light posts up and down Main Street. And I I can't remember what the one says that I have because I haven't had it outside my house in a couple of years because the display that I built for it wasn't sturdy enough for this thing because this thing is huge it's got to be eight eight nine feet tall and it's, i believe it says the happiest it might be the happiest celebration on earth but it is from disneyland and then i have another one that's a tinkerbell one and it says magical gatherings i think that was from when they were doing that promotion a couple of years ago and that's a bit smaller i made a, a, a stand for that and that's actually hanging on my garage and then figurines and things like that i had some stuff from when i was a kid but i got into the the cars when the movie cars came out match it was hot hot wheels or matchbox i I forget which one it was would make the made all the cars of it and they were die cast they weren't plastic which was awesome so they had lightning they had all the characters but then they had like the offbeat characters like they had a car of the yeti they had a car of um of anything so the supermarket that i used to go to the stop and shop would always have these things so every time i went and cars came out in 2005 and that's when my oldest was born so every time i'd go to the grocery store i'd go in the toy aisle because it's one of those super ones and i'd come home with one of these uh these cars and he was too young to play with that time so i would just keep him for myself until he came of age and then they started playing with him and then i got aggravated because they scratched them all up so and now that they're older and they don't play with them anymore, I've tried to take some of them back because you I, you know you don't see them anymore. And they were like six or seven dollars a car because they're diecast, so it's pretty insane. 
So I've got a bunch of those things and that's, you know, they're all kind of squirreled away. I've gotten into the, I was always into Legos. I have a bunch of Lego stuff that I've built Disney stuff. I have the two pirate ships that they came out with Queen Anne's revenge and the black pearl. Those are up on a shelf and I will be purchasing the castle when that comes out. So that'll be my, my Christmas present to myself. I think that's about it is what, what I can think of. If you can call t-shirts a collection, I, I think my whole wardrobe is, is Disney shirts, whether they be tank tops, sleeveless, button downs, or Hawaiian style. So shot glasses, that's the other big one. I've probably got, I've got over a hundred shot glasses. Not all of them are Disney. I think about 60 of them are Disney ones from the parks. Uh, I try to pick up a couple different ones or new ones every time I'm down there. Uh, but that that's kind of weaned off the past couple of times. If I'm flying, I tend not to buy anything just because I don't want to cart it back on the airplane. But when we drive, I kind of <laughs> go overboard and load up on this stuff. So that's about all I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> that's which is probably enough. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, oh, <laughs> I thought I lost you guys. It was very quiet for a while. <laughs> yeah, it got, it, it, it got out of hand for a while. I was, there was just getting whatever I can get my hands on. And the, the eBay thing got ridiculous. I was bidding on stuff and spending money that I shouldn't have been spending on it. It was like, it was like a gambling addiction. I was like, damn it. Between me and my brother, we were trying to, get all these uh those those trash can plaques <laughs> whatever we could we're like i'm not paying that much for this one and he'd get one i'm like how much did you pay for that and he's like uh, that one, this one was 80 i was like i'm not paying 80 for that i'm gonna try to find it for cheaper and you know they are what they are because that's what people are paying for them but i've well, gotten eBay some- is my demise i ended up buying the uh i was telling you i'm really into christmas we bought like the dickens village but it's actually the magic kingdom village so it's got like the little uh, Magic Kingdom Castle Couture Shop, and then uh-huh. little families with Mickey ears. They put the lights in and light them up for Christmas. Yep. yep. eBay purchase just got the best of me. I had to win it. I know. Oh, it's terrible. Unfortunate. I have, for the Christmas, I have some of the, uh, and they don't make the collection anymore either. It's, I think this was a Disneyland one. It's, it was the Vintage Collection or something. It was called. It's not the Department Fifty Six ones, but I have Cinderella's Castle and I have the train Main Street Chain Station, and they're huge and they're beautiful. And they they plug in and the lights they they change color and stuff like that. So they're really really cool. And then I have four houses: Mickey's house, Minnie's house, Donald's house, and Goofy's house. Not part of the same collection, but they're they're not the Department Fifty Six ones. They're a bigger scale, and and the lights light up that are in the house and outside of the house, and they're pretty cool. So I set that whole mess up every Christmas too, but I've tried to look and they have other stuff in the series. They had the firehouse and I believe they had the confectionery. They had a couple other ones of that old color. I mean, the thing, these things are beautiful, but they were going for people have put them up or they're going for big dollars, like a couple hundred dollars a piece. So I can't justify that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I was doing the pin stuff on eBay for a while, and I had to stop because I was spending way too much money on pins. <laughs> I believe. Have Have you ever seen that guy in the park with the vest and the hat? <clears throat> the old The older guy who has all those pins. I've oh, seen a couple of those people. Disneyland. Yeah, I guess this guy is just. I don't know. He must be a local guy, but I've seen him down there a couple times that I've been there, and he's like the pin guy. Like he wears like a vest, and it's covered. And he's got a hat like a like a safari type hat, and that thing's got pins all over it. I think then he's got like one of those. He's got a lanyard. He's got the like this little satchel thing that a lot of the cast members have, and just he's just loaded with. He's like the Mister T of pins. <laughs> I wonder if he travels because I've seen him many times at Disneyland. I high five him every time I see him. He's a I'd say he's a short guy, but he's my he's probably my height. He's like five five maybe older gentleman, yeah. gray hair. Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe he goes back. And, I don't know. I I don't know where he's from, but I. I That's I just hilarious. Feel, I feel like every time I'm there, I see him. So I figured he was just a local guy, but maybe he just bounces around between parks. Well, we met a guy. We met a guy down there one time on one of our trips. That's a local, that had a lightweight coat that 
that went to his knees, kind of like a trench coat, but wasn't that thick. But it was all Donald pins. Oh, wow. The whole jacket was covered in Donald pins, and his hat, he had like a safari hat from uh, Animal Kingdom that was covered in just Donald pins. Nothing but Donald pins. Holy crap. And I'm like, I didn't realize (laughs) they made that many just Donald pins. Yeah, really? Yeah, that was crazy. That is crazy. That's that's got to be heavy. I mean, the jacket may be, but those pins are even putting like two on my hat, and I'm like annoyed after five minutes. I'm like, all right. Well, I think about <laughs> right? 15, 15 of them around on a lanyard. Yeah, I think that that's why I don't think I. That's why I never wore the lanyard around in the parks. And then I have on the bottom of the lanyard, I have like a giant uh, pendant of of the one of the Aztec gold coins from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So that didn't help either because that thing weighs a flipping ton. <laughs> I usually have my camera on my neck like the geeky tourist, so I can't have the lanyard as well. <laughs> I'm hard to miss when I'm in the park. I have a big backpack with a bunch of patches on it, and, you know, between the... I mean, there's lots of people that walk around with tattoos, but mine are, you know, disney theme, so I kind of stick out a little bit, but at least I think I do. I don't. Th- nobody else probably pays attention to it, but <laughs> I, I like to feel like I'm unique in that way. <laughs> All right, well... That's some good stuff. I think between the all of a, all of us, we could probably fill up a, a couple of houses worth. <laughs> and plus, our our missing two members. I'm not sure what if, if and if and what they're into. I mean, I know my my kids are more my daughter like those Tsum Tsum dolls. They're not dolls, the little things. So my daughter's got a a ton of Tsum Tsums and some of those itty bitties from the Hallmark store. She's got a lot of Marvel ones and this, that, and the other thing. Oh, I forgot what else I've got. And I'm sitting in the room that has all this stuff in it. I just can't turn around and see it. They have all those Mr. Potato Heads that they did in the Star Wars with all the Star Wars characters. And for a while, I believe still now, you could you were only able to buy them through at one of the Disney parks, either the Star Wars store or anywhere in the studios. Like you couldn't go to your local Target or Walmart and buy the uh, any of them when they first came out. Now I'm not sure. Uh, now, I don't know if they've come out with new ones for the new movies, anything for Kylo Ren or or a First Order Stormtrooper. But I've got a, I've got all those still in boxes that I have up on a shelf. And also they came out with those – the Animators Collection dolls through the Disney store. So I would grab those when they were on sale <laughs> because I wasn't paying full price of them. So I have a couple of those and the Small World dolls that would – that you push their belly and they sing in their native language and then they sing in English also. Those I really liked. So I have a couple of those. And all these obsessions I can blame on my mother. Because if you ever walked into my parents' house, you they, you would think they would belong on one of those shows. There's not a room in that house that does not have a shelf or something with Disney. And my uncle is the same way. <laughs> um I know one of my cousins listens to this podcast and his wife, so they'll be laughing when they hear it. Because my uncle's house and my father's house is just, you think you're walking into a museum. There's, I mean, everything is Disney. My mother's has Disney decorations in the bathroom, the hallway, the stairway. Every every square inch of that house is covered in something Disney. (laughs) The flatware. So everything I get, I get from her. So. (laughs) <laughs> which is you know my my forks and knives are are mickey head ones too and all my plates and bowls and cups and glasses and so on and so forth but uh <laughs> i'm not sure i should be admitting this all to the public but you know <laughs> we all gotta have something <laughs> all right well moving on to our next next subject crystal being a local uh was over down at disney springs over the weekend and Checked out the uh, new Homecoming from her tweets that she sent. Really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> so it's she's going to give she's going to give us her uh, her review of that and just some uh, some general observations of of how the new Disney Springs is shaping up and crowd wise and herself being a local and being able to just drive over there and park in one of the garages with her husband and her her toddler had some uh, had some good insight on just the general the general feel of the new Disney Springs area. Yeah, I am loving the new Disney Springs. There's so much to do down there right now. So we kind of end up stumbling over there quite a bit on the weekends now. Um, one of the great things that they have um, before we would go, and it was so challenging to get a reservation. So the new 
advance reservations through the My Disney Experience app. We actually went on there while we were at Disney Springs and tried to get a reservation, and it showed everything is full. Um, however, when we went up to the different restaurants, there was availability. I mean, tons of space within every single restaurant. So if you see that it's full, um, I would still recommend going to Disney Springs because you can get in with minimal weight. I mean, we were in two minutes. It was not a 30-hour wait, none of that stuff. <laughs> and even if there were to be a wait, there's a bunch of cute little quick service uh, spots too now. So they have BB Wolf Sausage Company as well as the Aristocrates. Um, there's quite a few different spots you can go to and get something quick. So you're not going to starve if you go down there while you're shopping, but we have tables in Wonderland. So we even get free valet parking to go to Disney Springs, but usually we just park in the garage, but it is difficult to get in and out of there. The parking garages is kind of hectic. There's, I think five or six, I think it's four or five floors. It tells you where there's parking spots. So that makes it a little bit easier. However, it's still it's still hectic getting in and out, especially on the weekends, but we love it. I mean, there is so much to do down there now. There's tons of great shopping. They still have the train and the carousel that our son loves to go on a million times, even though it just goes in a tiny circle. But the food down there is awesome. Um, we ended up going to Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, and it's this Florida kitchen with a farm-to-fork theme. We kind of talked about it a few weeks ago, but it was fantastic. Um, I kind of, you know, may have said something about a glorified Cracker Barrel and I'm <laughs> eating those words. It was, oh my gosh, it was so good. Uh, I didn't realize this, but Chef Art Smith actually worked as a member of the, col- at, of the college program at Magic Kingdom. So I thought that was kind of a cool tie to, to Disney and Disney Springs and having him come back after he was a previous employee there. But Overall, the food was amazing. The atmosphere was awesome. My husband got the fried chicken chopped salad, which was like mixed greens with ice bar dressing. And then they have these cheddar biscuit uh, croutons. And that was really good. I thought he made a terrible mistake eating a salad, but that was just me. Uh, (laughs) I was like, you're not going to get fried chicken with donuts? That was one of the options. I'm like, why would you get a salad? But regardless, I got the fish of the day, which was the grouper. And it was awesome. Um, it came with iron um, skillet sweet potatoes and Casey greens, and it was wonderful. Um, probably one of the better meals I've ever had on Disney property. Like just wow. from start to finish, I would say one of the better meals we've had. Um, and I, I loved it. I love good Southern food as well. But overall, just the way that the dishes were prepared and the look on the plate to the taste was just I thought fantastic for the price. Um, It is still pretty pricey, but like it was just as affordable as any other restaurant there. If you're going to go to the Rainforest Cafe or tea restaurant, it's going to be about the same. And the atmosphere is awesome. So it has, you know, this Floridian wildlife painted on the walls by an artist from Tampa. The staff is wearing these super cute, like blue gingham shirts everything is served in like a mason jar or a solo cup it was just i i loved everything about it and then they played country music we were walking up and i'm a huge luke bryan fan and we're walking up and they're playing a luke bryan song i was like this is my place i'm with my people like this is amazing (laughs) um and then they also do take tables in wonderland so that helped and we didn't have a reservation we walked right up and were able to get in within two or three minutes we just had a parker stroller the bar in this place is awesome. They have the bar is called the shine bar and it's very much focused on moonshine there. So they have a few of the old moonshine brewing, the brewing equipment within the, within the bar, but the actual bar has just amazing, amazing drinks. My husband got the mule shine, which is white lightning um, moonshine with peach puree and lime and ginger beer. And it was really, really good. So kind of a a flair of a Moscow mule with a moonshine and it was served in a silver kettle mug and that was delicious. But the drink to get is called the local. (laughs) So RJ, it has rum as rum Haven coconut. It's a, it's coconut water rum with lime, lime, simple syrup and fresh pineapple. And then they dip the fresh pineapple in coconut. And it is awesome. Best one of the best cocktails I've ever had, and they serve it with these like gourmet, like you know, like the super upscale ice cubes, like they're big Mac Daddy like cocktail glass ice cubes. 
So I thought that was kind of cool and unique thing that they brought to the bar that, you know, some of the other restaurants are just like shake it with regular ice and throw it in there. It was the best thing I've ever had. So, <laughs> I mean, I ended up having two and I could have sat there and had 10 and not been able to walk out that night. And they were just going down so easy. I mean, it was, it was one of those things you're like, I would take a sip and like half the glass was gone. I was like, what's happening to this drink? Where is it going? So I highly recommend the local. I, I would love to try to replicate it or go there every night of the week. So I, I loved it. I'm sure the alcohol helped my situation, really enjoy it more. But I would say one of the best drinks I've ever had just in general, let alone at Disney for sure. Probably one of the best drinks. So check that out. But we loved it from start to finish. Um, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming was wonderful. I would say in my top like three or four places to eat at Disney now for sure. So um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What is this Tables in Wonderland you guys keep talking about? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. So it's a card that you can purchase um, and it lasts up to a year. And I think we paid $115 for it. And then you get 20% off of your bill, which also includes alcohol. So if you drink, it's definitely worth it because you'll get the discount off of that. However, the catch on this is that you, they, you have to pay 18% gratuity. So if you get good service, which you typically do at Disney, we don't mind, you know, we're, we're in that 18% range anyways with great service at Disney. So it's no, no harm, no foul there for us, but you get 20% off of all meals. There are a few blackout restaurants as well as blackout dates. Like you can't use it on mother's day, father's day, a few other holidays. Thanksgiving. Yeah. New Year's, Thanksgiving, 4th of July. And they actually, and I, they just added those restaurants I think this week they, they did, added yeah. Four. They added homecoming, the boathouse, Tiffins, Tiffins, one and one more. They just added four down. I forget what the other one was. Mary, maybe Morimoto, which is good. I'm glad because when all those things, when everything opened up in Disney Springs, none of those new higher end ones uh, accepted anything. There was no discounts at any of them. I don't think there was annual pass, DVC, or anything. So I'm glad they opened them up to Tables in Wonderland. Especially yeah, we, since they raised, especially since they raised the price this year, because it used to be only a hundred bucks or seventy five bucks. Yeah, it's still pretty expensive, but you do get um, valet parking, and that's how we kind of make our money back on it. Is we valet park everywhere we go, because that's where I really feel like you kind of win with it. Definitely. And then, yeah, so it's been a good fit for us being locals. I mean, if we like to dine out when we go, so it's been it's been worth the money. But I mean, you have to go often and order a lot of alcohol to make it worth it i think to get the break even on it and then they do send you a plastic card if you lose your card i think it's like 50 dollars to replace it so that's you got to make sure that you don't lose the card you a plastic card yeah we requested it on and they sent us a plastic one it took a few weeks and there's you can email there's like a there's somewhere that you can email and then they'll send you a plastic card. I bought mine the paper while we one. were there in June and I still just have the paper one, so it must be that you have to request it. You do. Yeah, you have to request have it and they'll, and they'll send it to you. Yeah, we got yeah. ours because we're going to be there in October with seven people. And my sister-in-law has us scheduled to eat someplace nice like every night. I think she's crazy. but <laughs> And I'm like, well, we'll... But we 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 more than paid for the card if that happens. So yeah, and they also do like special dining experiences sometimes yeah. that they'll just email out to Tables in Wonderland guests. So there's one coming at that I think the end of August, early September, where they're doing a five course meal with special um, chefs and pastry chefs and different hosts from Disney, and it's two hundred dollars a person. But if it's something you are interested in, at least you have kind of first right to it. And then in addition to that, I've heard that they'll do like around Mother's Day, like a Vera Bradley buffet brunch for all the moms. And you get a Vera Bradley bag and you get to go have like an afternoon tea party. It's still very expensive, but it's an exclusive event just for Tables in Wonderland members. So it is you do get some good perks on it, but it's just the money pit, just like everything else. Yeah, like every, right. <laughs> <laughs> so. So is that instead of like an annual pass discount? Because I mean, I'm sure it works differently, but like in Disneyland, my annual pass is 20% off of food and a lot of merchandise. I mean, it doesn't count alcohol, but I'm just wondering, like, do you get any discounts like that if you're not part of Tables in Wonderland? 
How does that work? Yeah, you do. If you're an annual pass holder, you get 10%, 10% off merchandise. Yeah. And then there's a, a select number of restaurants that will give you 10% off as well. But it's not the 20% off. Yeah, there's it that. Used, okay, gotcha. It used to be that you used to get, uh, if you were on the old scale, premium annual pass holders, it was 20% off. And DVC used to be, I believe, 20% off. Now it's 10 across the, across the table. Sometimes you get a better discount being a Chase Visa card holder, but not much. And the tables in Wonderland is pretty much yeah. And I'll I'll link I'll link you guys. There's a PDF uh, I think over on Deb's site allears.net. She has a PDF that she puts out that has a comparison of all the restaurants and what the discounts are for each thing. So whether it's uh, the Chase card, DVC, annual pass. And then she tells you the percentage, and then also whether it's only good at lunch or good at dinner. And, right? Yeah, because some a of them lot are. Of those too. Yes, <laughs> it's true. I tell you, those discount—not for dining, but for merchandise. When they used to give you that twenty percent for annual pass, that was fantastic. Because I remember the first not so scary Halloween party that we did. I went. I forgot to get shirts, the party shirts, the night we were there. So I went back the next day, and I just had to have the card ticket proof that we were at a party for, for the, to get it. And I bought like, you know, seven or eight shirts because fam, other family that we were, were there with had left. So I got shirts for everybody and boy, I mean, they, I mean, shirts are expensive anyway, but then because they were event, special event t-shirts, they were like 40 bucks a pop. That 20% was nice on the end of that bill. <laughs> well, do you remember the days when they used to do the American express white glove? Yeah, I I've never had an American Express, but I do because my father had one. Yeah, I do remember used, that. Yep. They used to do 20% off in restaurants. Yeah. There's a lot of things that used to happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Tables in Wonderland's great too just for the locals if you want to go in and valley the car, but we've spent a ton of time at Disney Springs lately. There is just so much stuff to do there now. I mean, you go in and just shop and go to, you know, Lily Poulter and some of the shops that they have Under Armour fit to run go down there and just kind of walk around um we like to just go down there and kill a couple hours and then the snacks down there are amazing like go to the ganachery and then the amaretto's um is now open so we went and had some desserts there for a little while and then hit a starbucks and got coffee but we we just go down there and spend three or four hours and we have a great time it, it is packed especially on the weekends it is very busy I noticed that there were counter guys out there counting the number of people coming into Disney Springs. So I think they're trying to get an idea of how many guests are coming in and out of there. Um, but overall, the crowd flow has been much better, even near that Raglan ro- Road area where it's kind of like teed out. Even that's um, been relieved quite a bit now that they've created a few different pathways around Morimoto's with the, the new town center opening. So it's been much better, especially with us trying to take a stroller down there. Um, much more, much easier to get around. But one of the challenges that we've bumped into is a lot of the new buildings are two stories. So Under Armour, the Coca-Cola experience, as well as even just getting in and out of the parking garage, you have to go up the elevator, across the walkway, down an elevator, and then into Disney Springs. So if you need wheelchair accessibility or stroller, it's pretty challenging to get around because most of the shops are now two stories. So just something to kind of keep in mind if you're heading down there and considering maybe leaving your stroller at the hotel. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how's the ramp thingy in the Coca-Cola building? Yeah, we actually didn't go up that way. It was so packed in there when we had our stroller. That's the thing. It's so busy that I just stand in the corner at the front and I'm like, let me know how it is in the back of the store. Um, But I heard that's really helped move people throughout the store. And it's really beautiful the way that it winds up and everything. So... We saw the store and it's really nice, but it's a challenge with the stroller in there, especially with some of the shops like Under Armour. They have, you know, the tea stands with the clothing on it and everything's sh- packed in there. It's shoved pretty tight. So for us to navigate with a stroller and a toddler, it's almost not even worth it. Oh, so it's kind of like trying to walk <laughs> through a Coles. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. Except hopefully there's not clothes laying all over the floor. No, thankfully right. they keep it nice. I mean, Disney... Disney Springs is gorgeous with the number of people going in and out of there. The cleanliness that they keep is, is pretty outstanding. Yeah. The parking garage impresses me that they got that system that you can find a spot. That's, that is so awesome. 
Yeah, it makes it much easier, but it's still like a race to get to the spot before the car in front of you or behind you. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I will win. (laughs) Now, they have, uh, which I heard, and I guess you can tell me since you've been driving there, they have that system in the parking garage where there's like lights above all the spaces that shows if it's green if it's if the space is available or and it's red if the if it's taken up so you can like see it from afar or am I or did I read that somewhere else about yeah, something it'll, else? Yeah, it'll tell you which levels are full. <clears throat> and I was shocked. Like we went we we showed up on Saturday around two o'clock and some of the levels were completely full. And then as you come up to the level, it will actually tell you which rows have open availability. So it'll be like row six. Like you'll pull in and you'll see six. Like six and 11 and an arrow pointing to the right. So then you swing that way um, and you'll know exactly what road to go down in order to find the available parking spot. Yeah, and even then you're like, you're like ants trying to get there before <laughs> a car, another right, vehicle right. does. Um, but there was actually more spot within the road than, than it kind of appeared initially. You were thinking it was just going to be one or two spots, but right. it was pretty easy to, to find a spot and get in and out of there. If they, nice. And they also added roadways that are specific for the buses now. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, to get in and out of Disney Springs, they have it, within the center lane, there's two lanes just for bus traffic. So it's kind of like a fast pass just for the buses to get in and yeah. out of Disney Springs. I wow. bet that's got to be awesome on New Year's Eve. They, Well, I know they, I mean, it's like a 10-lane road over there now that the construction's uh, completely done. I, I haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, last time we stayed there, we were at, saratoga so we just walked over the bridge the couple times we went there so i have not taken a bus into into the new area yet so i I will in september when my wife and i are down there so i'm interested just to see the uh the logistics of it how they how they got it all straightened out and there's like a dedicated exit ramp right that dumps you right in there off of the off of the highway or off of the yeah yeah you can get in and out of there really easy now i think right off of 417 it'll kick you down in there so you can go right into Disney Springs. Cool. So it's much easier. And there's so much new stuff going on. I mean, I know Blaze just opened, which is a fast wood fire grill pizza place, just opened this weekend. We walked by and looked at the menu, and it was packed. It looked really good, though. It, I mean, again, something you go in and get something quick to eat and then keep shopping rather than, you know, sitting there for an hour or two if that's not in the cards for your family. So now do you think, Crystal, that this is going to – I th- it seems like it already has. I'm probably answering. You probably answered the question I'm going to ask. But does it seem like it's it's more a destination now for locals like yourself and people who used to Pleasure Island was at its heyday, used to frequent that, and not that it's going to keep park guests out because I think this is more user friendly than Pleasure Island was because it's more family oriented. But it seems like it's become like the local hangout for people who don't necessarily want to go into the parks and be surrounded by Disney, Disney, Disney and Mickey Mouse and characters, but want some sort of a Disney that Disney experience, but aren't into everything else that goes along with it. Do you get that feeling that that's that this is what it's Um, trending towards or that it's become that already? You know, I really think it's still a lot of tourists. It is so challenging to get in and out of here. Like it is very much a destination. Like, you know, we stumble upon it because we're locals and we just love to go Disney all the time. And we have a toddler. So we're like, we can go to a nice restaurant. And even if he freaks out, like everybody's kids freaking out. So it's fine. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, because you have to like sit in traffic, go through the parking garage, get your stroller out, go up and over the walkway. To me, you really have to want it, you know, and I know at least when we weren't locals that we went to Disney, downtown Disney at the time. We went there because we weren't buying a ticket for that day to get into the theme park. So it was more of just like, hey, we're going to go. We're at Disney, so we want to be immersed in Disney. So we would go down there and just kind of tool around because we didn't have a ticket. So it still seems like there's a lot of that going on. Um, But now I think the food offerings as well as the beverages are keeping people there much longer. And people are walking around with bags. And you can tell more people are shopping. And it also kind of has this you know, eat around the world, like Epcot style almost, because there's so many new places to eat, even like these little stands like BB Wolves and the Aristocrapes and stuff like that. Like you want to try all these different things that they have available, you know, sprinkles and the ganachery. It's like you almost go there with an empty stomach and just try to eat your way across and then maybe do some shopping when you're half lit. So that's more of the vibe that I got. 
as well as, you know, they're starting to sell balloons there too for kids and it, they're adding wow. face painting and, you know, there's the train and the carousel and face painting. They had a dance party with balloons and hula hoops and a splash pad area. So I think they're trying to make it um, so that you could go there and spend a few hours as well as spend some money is the vibe that I get. I don't, I don't get the vibe that it's a place for locals to come. I think it's too expensive and too difficult to get in and out of for it to be a locals place. And I don't, I, I, we haven't been there at night, so I don't know like how wild it gets at night. I, you know, I think most people who are looking to party go downtown Orlando versus yeah. going into right. like the family stuff. I don't, I mean, I haven't right, seen right. that. I know if my husband and I were going to go out, we'd go sit at the hangar bar or the boathouse and have a drink. Probably go get the local at Art Smith's now. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I think that's, we just love Disney. So I think that's more of why we would go there being a local and having tables in Wonderland. But no, I mean, I, it, it's pretty hard to get in and out of there. I would say that it's definitely still a tourist. Okay. No, I, I was just wondering, because I know that was a huge thing and it's kind of the, the demise of what happened with Pleasure Island because it just, you know, became, I don't know much about the surrounding area of, of, of Orlando and what was offered back there, you know, in the, in the late eighties and early nineties when that was its heyday. But the few times I remember going down there and hanging out down there, it was very much because there was actual clubs and stuff like that. And they had the live band all the time. It was new year's Eve every night and it was very party atmosphere. It was not once it got dark, you really weren't wandering around there with your kids and not for any safety reasons. It's just, there was nothing for, if you were under 21, you couldn't do anything. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, they carded you every five seconds when you were walking around. So I think City Walk has more of that vibe. Um, yeah, probably. At Universal, I think yeah. you can go down there and, and tear it up a little bit more. And it's you got Howl at the Moon and a couple of bars that you can really hang out at. Versus, you know, Disney's kind of getting away from that. But yes. I think the I think the twenty one and up, you know, issue really is what drove them to do that because they really got tough on carding people, like you said, and you know. You don't want to. A lot of people didn't want to go there because it was just getting a little too out of hand. Too many police, too many mm-hmm. problems, kind of thing. So people were starting to avoid those areas. Same with City Walk. They like locked it down so much that people started heading to different locations. But right. It's still a great destination. I mean, I love Disney Springs. It's really like taking a turn for me. Where I would leave downtown Disney and really say to myself, like, I don't, I don't know why we came down here. I'm always expecting <laughs> something that doesn't exist. And right. now when I go, I'm like, this place is awesome. There's so much stuff to do. There's always a new restaurant opening. There's always something else to try. Like, I just feel like every time I leave, there's always, like, I can go back and there's still something else I haven't I haven't tried yet. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn now the more stuff that I see about it because my wife and I are going without our kids in September, the week that food and wine starts. Now, I love food and wine, but I'm almost like... I think the only two things I'm going to do is, that I want to do now is uh, is go to Epcot and go to Disney Springs just to try all the different foods and and I like the the setup that they have at a lot of these places because it seems like there's the restaurant and then there's like a little bar you can hang out at that has like snack type things like like you can go to the boathouse you don't have to sit down and eat dinner you can hang out at the bar and get like an appetizer or you know a little quick bites to eat and the same thing with uh jock Lindsay's, which i believe that's all that place is i don't think that's an actual sit down right that's not a they don't have they don't serve dinner there no it's just a bar you know, right and you know raglan road has the that outdoor bar you can just go and you know any of those original restaurants that were there it's kind of the same thing so i like that as well that if you don't want to go and sit and get an adr and and commit to a full, you know, hour and a half worth of sitting down and eating. You can just go and grab a drink and grab a bite to eat and move on to the next place. Kind of like you said, kind of like, you know, eating around the world. Hey, maybe Disney Springs is the fifth gate that everybody's been screaming about just with no rides. <laughs> well, I did hear that where Disney Quest is at, when they close that building, they're looking to add in like an NBA experience right there. So that, f- that fell through. Did it? Yeah, so that year that rumor was like a year and a half ago. No, they were talking. They were talking about it. Uh, They were talking about it a few months ago, but I I did hear something last week or the week before that that's not the case anymore. So I believe either Disney Quest is staying open for a longer amount of time, or I don't know. But I did hear the NBA rumor, but then I heard that that it fell through, and I forgot what the reasoning was. Either they put surveys out and. Well, that's, a, go over that's a Universal now, right? 
What's that? The NBA things at Universal right now, right? I have no idea, honestly. I don't know. I think what they should do with Disney Quest is, I think I've only went in there once when I was younger, so I don't really know much about it, but I know it has a lot of the virtual reality-type rides where you could you know, build a roller coaster and there was like a, some sort of pirate's adventure thing. If they use that virtual reality technology and put the old school like original rides that have gone so people can experience them who never who somebody like you milford who never who didn't start going into the late 90s so you missed like those opening day epcot attractions and these immersive things that they used to do when you know everybody wasn't looking for a a thrill ride you know i I know they would never do it because those rides closed because they weren't getting the the numbers of you know people weren't riding them anymore. But I just if they can virtual reality everything that they do now anyway, you know I don't know. It's just to put a different spin on on the place instead of going in and doing a virtual reality of a ride that you can already go on like Space Mountain or Pirates. Why not do yeah. something of of something that you can't go on anymore. I don't maybe it's the nostalgia part in me that still wants to ride those attractions, but you know, I think it would be pretty cool if they would do something that I especially got to, if they're gonna charge you extra to get into place. I got to ride Horizons once and then it was gone the next time we went back. I was gonna say you caught the end of it and you got lucky because after yeah. ninety six it wasn't open much. <laughs> it was maybe seasonal. Yeah. Alright, so I guess the only the only other bit of information we heard that I heard this week that I that I would like uh, just to touch on is over in Disneyland, the the Paint the Night parade, and I believe, and Jessica can confirm this, I guess the fireworks that were associated with the Diamond Celebration, I guess, is all coming to an end, but that leaves uh, Disneyland without a nighttime parade, to our knowledge. And there's plenty of rumors that have been swirling, so since she's had such a great month with everything over there, <laughs> we're just, we're just going to keep going with her. yeah this has been the roughest month as a disneyland blogger in the two and a half years i've been doing this for sure (laughs) so they disney confirmed that september 5th is the end of the diamond jubilee 60th anniversary celebration and with that comes the end of the paint the night parade and disneyland forever fireworks show and they kind of are almost one thing because in Disneyland, paint the night parade as soon as it finishes, the fireworks start. So they kind of there's not really like a, a separation between the two. And for the paint the night parade, because it's it's a light show and they do projections on all the buildings on Main Street, all of the lights are already off anyway. So they honestly, as soon as it's done, they just start the fireworks. So it's kind of like just the big nighttime show is going away. And there's two rumors circulating right now. One is that it's going to Disneyland Paris, and the other is that it's going to Walt Disney World. And speaking as a Disneylander, I will say that we're all very upset because, I mean, they said from the beginning this was for the 60th anniversary. So it's not like the Tower of Terror where it's just kind of a shock. I mean, we all kind of knew it was coming, but Disneyland has a history of saying a ride's only going to be here for X amount of time, but then it becomes super popular, so it just stays. They've done that with four or five shows I can think of off the top of my head. So we were all just kind of operating under the assumption that it would stay because it's such an integrated part of of Main Street now, and they have all the, the lighting set up built into the buildings, and it's just been the first nighttime show I know of at Disneyland that was live streamed to people. So it's just been super popular and we're all very upset that it's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't talked about anything. What would be replacing it? Would I'm, I like you said, you you heard rumors about going either to, to the East coast where we are or over to Paris. And I guess there was possibilities that the main street electrical parade would be ending for us in Walt Disney world. So I don't know if there's been any rumblings of that returning back to California because that's where it came from. <laughs> this- so as far as I know, they're returning back to the, I think it's like Celebration in the Sky or something, just whatever fireworks show was before. And then they have the parade, which was obviously, it wasn't a nighttime parade. It was an afternoon parade called um, Mickey's Soundational Parade. Oh, right, right, right. So those two are coming back as as if 
it was it was like it was before, but I'm wondering if they'll bring maybe the electrical parade or some kind of light based parade now because I feel like the sensational parade is going to be so lame in comparison to what we've had for the last year because <laughs> it's so immersive. I mean, all of Main Street is like a giant projector screen and then during the fireworks too and then they use the Matterhorn as the volcano from Finding Nemo the when they do all the chanting and stuff and then they shoot smoke out the top of the Matterhorn. I mean, you can't go back nice. to the regular parade and fireworks after that, you know. Not after not after a real life Mount Wanahakalugi. Yeah, mean, that yeah, doesn't exactly. get any better than that. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I've awesome. I've, ne- I've never seen it live, and I'm sad that I never will. I've seen periscopes up it, periscopes of it, and you know, plenty of pictures, but I know none of that does it any sort of justice at all. Yeah, and it's unique because they actually, I mean, it's closed now for Star Wars construction, but when the Rivers of America were still open. They would do World of Color at the exact, or not World of Color, Fantasmic at the exact same time as Paint the Night. So there would be a mass of people in like the Frontierland New Orleans Square area and then a mass of people on Main Street. And then they'd launch straight into the fireworks. And because the people in the Frontierland New Orleans Square can't see any of the projections on Main Street, they would use the, the water fountains like they did in Fantasmic and they'd project the images and the music there too. So oh, there cool. were like, two different ways to view the same show, which was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. Now, speaking of your Rivers America out there, didn't I, th- I, th- I just saw or read something the other day that they have, those are supposed to be opening back up soon. Yeah, they're, they're opening up parts of it sporadically. I don't know. They keep claiming, oh, it's going to open this date, and it never does. So <laughs> I'm just operating under the assumption that it'll actually open in April, which is when everything is slated to be done. Of course, that will probably get delayed, but yeah. the, the change that they're, they've completely drained out the back half that you can't see from New Orleans Square because that's where Star, La- Star Wars Land is going. And it's still going to be an island and a circle and everything, but I'm just wondering if they're going to completely hide it from the waterfront or if they'll be a part of the land that's actually on the water because the whole premise is that you're taking like a Louisiana um steamboat right. around so i don't really think that fits in with outer space but no not really who knows? <laughs> so i'm kind of curious to see how what they'll do with that because i know with the with the disneyland railroad like when it goes through tomorrowland and when it goes through um the the back of Fantasyland, it goes through tunnels so you can't see it in the land and in the train you can't see anything so it's completely separate and not disruptive so I'm pretty sure they'll do that for the train going through Star Wars land because it really doesn't mesh. Um, right. Who knows about the waterfront? Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's interesting how they would do that. Maybe the boat's going to have like a, uh, a, a changing scrim or something that as it goes around, <laughs> it, it turns into a battleship as it's going by Star Wars land. And then when it comes past there, it turns back into the river boat or some, uh, Fakakta yeah, thing. Yeah, there like you that. go. Dude, they're gonna have to put more railings on that riverboat. Did you see the the oh, video of yes. Dopey falling? They're gonna have to do something with that. Yeah, that was terrifying. That was, was that at Disneyland or Disney World? It was Disney World. It was okay. at Disney World. I thought yeah. so. I know. I know. <laughs> I thought they were all tethered on those things anyway. During the parade, a lot of them are. You can see the big oh, chain. Oh no, because you know. they walk around the deck on that boat. oh that's right on at the end of Fantasia, that's right they're walking around that's right yeah huh. interesting 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 all right well i think that's just gonna about wrap up this episode for the week got some good uh, reviews there for you and some some insight into all of our little collections and things we like to hoard away in our own houses. I know I have. I will get some pictures to uh, over to Jessica to post up on our Facebook page of of all my stuff, just because it's. I know we've talked about it, but it's you know it's always. I don't mind sharing it, so I will. I'll get those pictures out. I know my daughter was excited to uh, that we were talking about this stuff this night. She wanted me to take pictures of her stuff in her bedroom, so I'll I'll throw that stuff on there. So I can be the good father and say that I did it and not just yes or to death. Um, <laughs> so as we, as we like to do every week, we'll uh, let you know how to get in touch with us on the various social media sites of 
the different members of our troop. So, Crystal? Hey, you all. Yeah, check me out on Twitter at, at Disney Brewing. Okay. Jessica? So, you can find my blog at duchessofdisneyland.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Duchess of Disneyland. On Twitter, I'm Duchess Jessica. And then Instagram, the Duchess of Disneyland. All righty. And Milford? Uh, you can find me on my blog, milfordhutzel.com. That's my Milford on the Move blog. And you can find me on Twitter, Milford on Move, and Facebook, Milford on the Move. Excellent. And as far as our missing members, you can find Melanie over on the uh, new website she's involved in, the dclprepschool.com, for all your cruising needs, Disney cruise needs, that's it, that is. And she's also on Twitter at dclprepschool. And for Instagram and Pinterest, you can find her at dclprep. And as for Miss Adrian, you can find her blog over at wdwbound.com. And she's on Twitter at wdwbound underscore com. And on Facebook and Instagram at adrywdwbound. And as for myself, RJ, you can find me on the old Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and the Periscope at Black Pearl 454. And for our, as far as for the troop for the Diz Explorers, you can find us on DizExplorers.com. And we have our episodes up there. It's great to check that out every few days. Sign up for notifications. Jessica does a great job of keeping that updated and putting some fun little things up and quizzes. You can earn your your little badges, so to speak virtual badges for uh, taking certain quizzes and you can get to know all of us on there. There's links to uh, little bios of us and all of our social media things on there also. And trying to get better about putting this stuff in the show notes, at least through iTunes, because that's the only one that gives you all those options. Because I know we say it every week, but unless, you know, if many people are listening in their car or when they're at work, they're not going to write down or remember all of our handles and various uh, names and such so i try to try to include that in the uh show notes on itunes so people can get in touch with us there and we love hearing from people so we appreciate all the downloads and we're having great numbers and we're glad everybody's enjoying our show but we do like to hear from you all too so if you have questions or something you would like us to discuss you know it, it could be anything it could be from going on your first time to traveling with your kids to the first time we've all we've all been there different times of year and with different uh with various people in our parties whether it be kids large groups of people i know milford has done cruises with quite a few people with arrangements getting multiple people together in groups and melanie has as well so we have plethora of information between all of us that's episode 13 we hope you all enjoyed it thank you very much and we will talk to everybody next week